Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and it is December the 8th, 2006 Last night it began to warm up to about 15 below centigrade and then when I woke up this morning it was 30 below it plummeted again with a cold front coming in and these are definitely unusual temperatures for this time of year it rose up to about 10 below during the day but uh, at the same time a wind came up and made it feel much colder All you need is time All you need is time, time, time to make a bend Give it a try, don't be rude Put it to the test and I'll give it right back to you It's cold on the shoulder And you know that we get a little older every day you Kick it around, take it to town Try to defy what you feel inside You better be strong, your love belongs to us Get a tip and tell it to the Eskimos It's cold on the shoulder However, I have most of the, the snowblower reassembled And for those who have done this kind of tinkering You probably noticed that nothing is made in any practical manner it isn't that uh, after all this time of engineering and uh, degrees and expertise they can't design things to be practical and long lasting or even practical to work on everything is deliberately made in this system to be difficult to work on they're still using bent wire to, to move governors for your carburetor on these machines they haven't changed them in 80 odd years and nothing of course is made to last that's the key to it because the marketing companies and the engineers work hand in glove they build, they build the flaws into them and they also know how, how long a particular machine is going to be used how, or how many years it will last and how many parts they can sell for certain parts over the years and that's how they make a, extra a lot more extra money is by selling parts which they know will break, you see after a year or two the world truly is meant to frustrate you the system is not meant to give you peace and it isn't that they couldn't make things in a more practical fashion or make them to last I'd also like to talk now about some of the people who contact me who are in the process of uh, waking up in a shock because they've tuned into shortwave or some program that goes on about the, the patriot business basically and it freaks them out when, they, when things start to make sense because of the information they're hearing but they get caught up in the hype as well of, of the patriot business which it is a business first and foremost and secondly I think it's designed not to give you the answers or the whole truth it's meant to catch those who are trying to wake up and get them into a, a, a tizzy a panic tizzy of consuming and buying all the stuff for survival that you could ever imagine I know people who phone me up and, and they'll tell me all the different stuff they've got and bought over the years from, from AM and, and shortwave radio 
from Patriot stations, uh, including underground shelters. And they have all the gizmos and all the gold and silver and all the everything you can imagine for every possible scenario. At least the scenarios that they've been told about. I always tell them the ones that you're not prepared for are the ones which will be used. But they have all this stuff, and I and I've said to them, how big a truck would it take to move all that stuff if you had to move in a hurry? And and they go into another shock because they have never thought about it. Some of them would need a five-ton truck to move all this stuff. And somehow they think, you see, they'll, they'll be left where they are. This is some kind of chaos reigning. And they'll, they'll be all set up to, to get through anything. It's never dawned on them that they might have to, or, or will get moved off their property, or they'll have to go anyway. And I tell them, whatever you can stick in a big rucksack is but all you'll manage to get away with. Uh, that's if you can even get gas to go anywhere, or, or a road that doesn't have checkpoints all along the way but the panic business which goes unfortunately hand in glove with the patriot business caters to all of this sort of thing and you'll always find apart from all the stuff they sell uh, like tents and, and, and uh, all the camo gear and the boots and the gold and silver etc 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 and the rations that they sell probably old rations that are uh, they've jacked the price up and they're obsolete these ones you can make your own rations up by simply looking at old books get some beans and put them in jars but uh, the, the people truly have been stampeded for years and years and years into the only information sources they've been given and remember, and the all-seeing eye doesn't miss anything. And I tell them, why do you think, out of all the controlled media, they would miss the shortwave or the AM stations? It hasn't. What's out there is authorized to be there. And as I've said before and said the other night, I've talked to very elderly people who followed this all their lives and gone in the roller coasters of ups and downs and learned all the names on a daily basis of who's passing what bill, who's doing what to whom and what country's doing what to what and on and on it goes and it's just data, data, data it's irrelevant who they bring forth to pass a bill if that person wasn't there someone else would have been picked to come forth in his place another thing I I would like to warn people about are, are famous people who come on some shows claiming to belong to specific intelligence agencies now for those who want to look at the, the, the history of Peter Wright who belonged to MI5 and he worked with MI6 as well for a while he did come out with a book called the A to Z of spy catching or sorry the first one was spy catchers and he got that published under a lot of flack from the British government because you see anyone who works for the governments of all the countries swears an official secrets act not only not to divulge the secrets while they're working but not to divulge them after they've left their employment for up to 30 years and there's penalties and we know from Kelly who was scheduled to go to court on what he knew after 9-11 in England uh, the man who knew that he'd be killed and he was killed and left in the woods as he said in the letter he would be he'd be found in the woods dead he was that's known to all of these agents who've, who are working or have worked for the government they cannot disclose what they have for 30 years now Peter Wright tried to get his second book out called the A to Z of spy catching after spy catchers and Margaret Thatcher got him into prison 
and she had, a, she had him in the High Court of England and they seized all the books the A to Z of spy catching because he disclosed names of big players who were there all through the Cold War all very famous British people lords etc and Margaret Thatcher also had all these books seized in that particular publication the second one and they were pulped they were mushed back into pulp you can't just come out and start talking it doesn't work that way so Peter Wright went off to Australia and he was writing there I know this and a lot of material written up and then he died so be careful of those who are presented to you as being big ones up there why are, the, why are the big ones up there coming on certain shows which supposedly are exposing the system when these people not only are, are dedicated to the system they are sworn legally legally sworn to the system just a bit of caution as far as actors etc go I understand them coming on some shows because it is understood that even though they're saying the same thing as a next door plumber or electrician because people are taught to follow the stars they'll listen to the famous star speaking and saying the same things we've been trained that we are nobodies that's why we're, we, we look up to, this, to people who are rich and famous rich, rich becomes first that's most important because you can't be famous as well without being rich you can be infamous but you can't be famous because the system tells us that those who get up the top accumulate the money they're rich they're therefore famous as I say it's an anti-human system so please don't get caught up in the panic which ensues when you for the first time turn on some station you've never listened to before and hear some truths coming out there's no left wing party there's no right wing party there's no up or down party there's no green party it's all one big system and the trick as Marx wrote about and Lenin wrote about and many others wrote about the trick to controlling people are, is to get them to join groups put themselves in a camp it's the first trick of any war too before they had standing armies get you to join a camp put the leader in put your own leader in and now one person can control thousands or millions that's the trick of getting to join parties that also goes for the, the politicians who lower down on the scale who join the party and get into parliaments or government their job is to applaud like trained seals at a circus the head of the party that's their job they all know it if they want to get on in life you don't go against the party leader because your career is doomed so no matter what they've told their constituents that goes out the window and they will tell their constituents I'm sorry I can't vote the way you'd like me to I must vote with the party so one man at the head of the party can control thousands and thousands of people that, that's, that goes with everything that's why you don't gro join groups and parties with their, with their particular agendas and formats and policies because you're being controlled they could not have gone so far in the system without the creation of parties people think that the party that's in the US right now are just the warmongers and they've let us know that they're warmongers it's no secret and profiteers but pirates are warmongers and profiteers and the last party that was in Bill Clinton and his, his group were no different people forget that the first thing that Clinton did when he got in was to actually tell the FBI to give them all their opponents names 
all those who did not want to go along with Clinton and his agenda they wanted all those and they got them they had access to FBI computers on private information on private individuals and then they put Janet Reno in charge strange character very very strange character and we all know, we know all about her and then they had the war on Waco the Branch Davidians where they had a ritual sacrifice at the end when they burned the whole huge farmhouse down and the SWAT team members in the black, the black clad outfits were seen and it's on tape to be bowing to the flames at the end as it went down the worship of fire that's part of the ritual and that was your sacrifice for the upcoming agreement signed the historic agreement because that's where they chose eventually for the first open agreement signing on the United Americas they always have a sacrifice before on the land or the land around it before they actually make the signature and have the parades we're living amongst a religion a religion that goes all the way back and before the creation of Babylon prior to governments as we know them today kings and queens were installed on, and they had to be obedient to the universal church the catholic church at the time they had priests uh, attached to them who reported right to the Vatican so the Vatican then could make or break kings and queens but you also had other policy makers advisors like the, like the Francis Bacons and Machiavellis and so on that I mentioned the other night and every country in Europe had these advisors yet a topic that's often left out is that some of the advisors even to some of the popes came out with the old trademarks the MOs of the mystery religion the mystery religion all down through the ages have been into building they go into countries and they build either by using an army to conquer first but they always bring in a system of money then taxation which then pays the labor around using slaves all the time and they're the big builders they do building projects we see them today really going to town because the only honeypot in the country in any country it's a taxpayer's honeypot they want to get their hands into that that's where the big money is and the money is never accounted for there's always money that goes missing they know that the sharks who get up know all of this stuff because they're sharks sharks know this type of stuff they smell it they smell the opportunities so the MOs down through the ages are the big building projects they create cities where you'll have a small elite with the, the masses, of, pop, masses of, of wealth incredible wealth who will run nations economically and trade but you also have the biggest crime at the bottom run by the same bunch because you must keep control of everything cause and effect for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction pass laws which they do it's another MO making the laws systemizing things standardizing laws knowing there will be a, an opposite reaction where people go into the underworld to survive the underworld being crime and petty crime and so they run that too again put your men and create an organization of crooks like a mafia they weren't the first and then put your own men in as the bosses and you can run both sides and they also have prostitution legal drugs and uh, illegal drugs so they run pharmacology and the legal drug system and they also run 
alternative drugs the herbals kings and queens used to also have as advisors and some popes as I say astrologers that came from Babylon too and it was pre-Babylonian the greatest way to influence people is through their imagination of what is to come and kings and queens and those in power are hooked on this kind of thing because they, they would love to know the future to ward off any usurpation of their powers or any overthrow they'd like to know what happens so the astrologers came in and if you read the history of astrologers in Europe in the middle ages onwards you'll find out who they were you'll find out they all travelled abroad a lot to other parts of Europe these astrologers also met together in Europe in other words you had a club of astrologers a society is a key who went back and dictated what was going to happen to the kings and queens in their countries and the kings and queens would follow the suggestions and what you realize that you're up against here is a, an organization organized astrologers who are advisors to the, the highest people in the land who are then following policy which the astrologers suggest very clever and it hasn't stopped if you look at all of the various presidents and prime ministers down through history you'll find they've all been gullible to this kind of stuff and they've called on the advice of these higher astrologers and they follow the stars, the astros that follow it to the letter an interesting little blur put out by Francis Bacon is on this very topic and he should know he was talking about prophecies in his time and he said when I was in France I heard from one Dr. Pina that the Queen Mother who was given to curious arts caused the King her husband's nativity to be calculated under a false name and the astrologer gave a judgment that he should be killed in a duel at which the queen laughed thinking her husband to be above challenges and duels but he was slain upon a course at tilt that's jousting the splinters of the staff of Montgomery going in at his beaver that's about the headpiece, the helmet hit him in the eye the trivial prophecy which I heard when I was a child and Queen Elizabeth was in the flower of her years was now listen to this when hemp is spawn spun that is England's done very interesting because you see spelling had been finalized at that time for a few hundred years in the late 1800s they began to uh, redo spelling of the words in those days the spelling was done to the codes of the period they've been updated just like you update the programs on a computer so he spells hemp h-e-m-p-e and spawne is s-p-o-n-n-e now all of the people at the court of Queen Elizabeth I interestingly enough were into cannabis and hemp uh, even even the, the, the members of the Rosicrucian Lodge were into this they've always been into drugs and they've, they've gone into one of the houses of I think it was Raleigh and they've scraped the beams historical houses they've scraped the beams and, and found the residue of this particular drug when hemp is spawn England's done and he goes on to say whereby it was generally conceived that after the princess had reigned which had the principal letters of that word hemp which were Henry, Edward, Mary, Philip and Elizabeth England should come to utter confusion 
which thanks be to God is verified only in the change of the name for that the king's style is now no more of England but of Britain because at the same time we know that in Queen Elizabeth I's reign John Dee suggested that they should call it Britain and the British Empire he actually called it Brightish B-R-Y but going back to this prophecy just look over it again and he's tongue in cheek with his little statement here because he knew darn well that the, the king of France was going to be killed at joust and they brought forth Nostradamus you see to give the prediction that's what launched him into fame and the king of France's wife was Catherine de Medici who was steeped up to her eyeballs in potions and astrology and magic very interesting family the Medici because they've been into lending to countries and, and empires as far back and before the Roman Empire very very important but also the statement to say that this astrologer had given a prediction or at least Nostradamus was Nostradamus did a prediction that King would be killed at joust when a splintered lance would enter because of the beaver you know it went through the eye of the king now the guy who did it was Montgomery of Scotland Montgomery's and the Sinclair's were the heads of the lodges that took over from the Knights Templars and the Montgomery's and the Sinclair's of Scotland were the sort of Praetorian guard of the kings and queens of France for a long long time Montgomery did, did know what he was, he was doing because when you go into the the Tower of London and different places in England they have books there under glass of training manuals of how knights used to train and these guys could literally put the point of a lance at full gallop uh, through a, 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 an apple they were so accurate so they, they knew what they were doing and that's why Nostradamus could predict what was going to happen because it was planned that way that's how clever things are for Joe Average who wouldn't ever come to that conclusion he must think my goodness it's, it's magic it's, it's a gift and Nostradamus were told once again you should take drugs, narcotics stare at his bowl of water and tell us all about the future and there have been so many books published ever since on the quatrains as they call them there's a type of poetry you rhymed in of the future, the centuries it's called and yet all of that is the exoteric because the esoteric to get the esoteric you have to have the code, the key to unlock them and Nostradamus said that himself So the gullible fall for the exoteric every time, whether it be religion or this other more ancient religion, which has its MOs, as I've discussed already, including astrology, magic, talismans, and all ways of predicting the future. You can predict it when you've planned it that way, you see. It's not too difficult. you might say really I would rather say that England was done when hemp certainly was smoked in England back in the 60s and 70s because it really did a big change then that's when everything changed in the so called new age movement many many books will appear in the shelves to make a quick buck on prophecies and they're full of old stuff that was used over the centuries but you see deception is done not by giving out facts it's by withholding other parts or other facts from the public and then it can be very misleading 
Here is one, for instance, that was used in the 1500s. They shall be seen upon a day between the Baa and the May, the black fleet of Norway, when that that has come and gone, England build houses of lime and stone, for after wars you shall have none. Now that's been used even up to present times, talking about, oh, during the Cold War, the, the Christian fundamentalists on the shortwave radio stations used to go to town and all these old prophecies and they'd say, oh that's the Russian fleet coming over you see, now, the only Russian fleets I ever saw were fishermen, because they used to go all across the, 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 all along the coastline of Scotland and do their fishing and some of them even came inland to the, the bars and pubs it was quite a common thing for them to do and chat with the locals and up in uh, Stornoway and the Orkneys uh, they were almost part of the family to the people there as they would come and go and get well known to the locals but this particular prophecy as I say was used over and over again and it isn't until you see the rest of the story that it makes sense the Bacon goes on to say it was generally conceived to be meant of the Spanish fleet that came in 88 for that the king of Spain's surname as they say is Norway There's the that make, then it makes sense you see and as always it was written about a year after uh, the Spanish fleet came over now, this is nothing, there's nothing new in this and you find the same thing in religion for instance it's, it's accepted in Judaic teaching rabbinical teaching that a rabbi who is well trained could write in the manner of a famous personage in the Bible in other words by knowing that person's mentality their mindset, their emotional set, their legality set they could emulate that person and write more and it was accepted as being written by the original because it was written in the exact same manner today they wouldn't do that, they'd do channeling instead the only problem is you'd have to go off to Zeta Reticuli or somewhere to, to find out what was going on and there's lots of those too fantasy the fantasy as Weishaupt said is a tremendous tool to draw people into organizations and then guide them along a certain way of thinking and acting, behaving and accepting especially the changes that are being made around them it's easier to set, accept a change when you think well either God's prophesied it or he's going to make it happen so what can you do or else some, some magic guys are predicting it they won't tell you what's behind it all because they can't talk about a God or anything it's just a prophecy and the people still fall for it and they think well I guess there's nothing you can do it's going to happen but this is the oldest con game in the book as I say it's so easy a day or so after a news break on something for people to come out with their prophecies which are two or three years later get written into books it's been prophesied beforehand before the events so sure you can check on the events they happened and you say my goodness this guy said that well sure he said it but he said it after the event this is the con game of, of there's, there's nothing new and it was actually more common in the past where they would simply put a false date on their prediction so it would appear to be written before the event so simple to do and yet the gullible want to believe this kind of stuff so, so readily now talking about superstition and new age theology and so on take it from an expert who was Francis Bacon Francis Bacon was at the court of England he knew about these characters he, he mixed with them they all belonged to the same lodge but even here in the, the Novum Organum Organum New Organum here's what he says about it and remember nothing has been more studied than man and woman on this planet for thousands and millennia maybe even millions of years for all we really know 
But the corruption of philosophy by superstition and a mixture of theology is far more widely spread and does the greatest harm, whether to entire systems or to their parts. For the human understanding is obnoxious to the influence of the imagination, no less than to the influence of common notions. For the contentious and sophistical kind of philosophy ensnares the understanding. But this kind, being fanciful and tumid and half-poetical, misleads it more by flattery. For there is in man an ambition of the understanding, no less than of the will, especially in high and lofty spirits. The same technique has been taught or used by gurus down through the thousands of years. Those in the mystery religion of today classify themselves as gods, those who have achieved the high status, the high degrees, completed the circle. 360 degrees, 6 and 3, 9. 9 is completion in the Kabbalah. They believe themselves to be gods. And here is Bacon basically talking about it, if you understand what he's really saying. He goes on to say, and it, and it appeals to the ego. That's what he's saying here. It appeals to the ego. That's how they're enticed into the new age. You could be new and improved, uh, pretty well better than the six million dollar man. Of this kind of thing we have amongst the Greeks a striking example in Pythagoras. Though he united with it, uh, with it a coarser and more cumbersome superstition. Now Pythagoras, apart from giving us the tone and the ton, the weight and the sound and the shade of color, the, the tone of color. This all comes from Pythagoras, who got it from the Egyptians because he studied with the Egyptians most of his life. And then he went off to found a school in Cretona and he recruited the younger people of nobility. And if you really do your homework, you'll find that it was a secret society. You had to get a vow of silence, just like the later monks and the monks who came into monasteries in the Christian era adopted all the same stuff, you see. And Pythagoras had a, a vow of secrets for a year, uh, a quiet, they couldn't speak for a year or communicate to each other. Uh, in fact, I think with Pythagoras, it was up to four years. The Essenes, 2,000 years ago in the Middle East, who probably came from Egypt, had the same system. And back to Pythagoras, Pythagoras was training these young nobility people and giving them a fantastic education, mind you, to go off and take over the government, revolutionary, that is. And that's why his school was burned down and his, his unknown yet, at least to the public, if he ever was caught and killed. They speculate about it, but he wasn't the first or the last one to come out of Egypt and do the same kind of thing. Egypt always sent out the high initiates back to their, their own countries, or at least their empires, like the Grecian Empire, to cause revolutions and to bring in the same system worldwide. So Bacon says, of this kind we have amongst the Greeks a striking example in Pythagoras. He goes on to, to talk about a, a coarser, more cumbersome superstition. Another in Plato and his school, more dangerous and subtle. And it's true because Plato um, was a, a student of Socrates. Now Socrates did the same thing. The, all these men had studied in Egypt, all these famous ancient Greek philosophers. And Socrates is always played down as a martyr by the mystery schools which give you your books. But Socrates himself was doing the same thing. He was training the young, the youth of the nobility, primarily, including the women, after they went through their vow of secrecy, celibacy and then silence, to go off and marry other upper members of government. And then they could sway the course of government, the direction of government. And Socrates was made to drink the hemlock for doing so and I must admit there's a lot of an awful lot of truth in what Socrates said about the world in general but what they generally neglect to give you 
as the rest of the story is always continuing with Bacon he says it shows itself likewise in parts of other philosophies in the introduction of abstract forms and final causes and first causes with the omission in most cases of causes intermediate and the like upon this point the greatest caution should be used for nothing is so mischievous as the apotheosis of error and as a very plague of the understanding for vanity to become the object of veneration yet in this vanity some of the moderns have with extreme levity indulged so far as to attempt to found a system of natural philosophy on the first chapter of Genesis in the book of Job and other parts of the sacred writings seeking for the dead among the living which also makes the inhibition and repression of it the more important because from this unwholesome mixture of things human and divine there arises not only a fantastic philosophy but also an heretical religion very meet it is therefore that we be sober minded and give to faith that only which is faith's and he was speaking very cautiously there himself because a man like Bacon had no real belief as all nobility have no belief in the religions that are given to the people they're given a more esoteric understanding and they're well aware and they're taught that since childhood that religion is for control to keep the public under control of the dominant minority and it's the same in every single culture people who point fingers all over the world often have lots of material true material to go by it's the Jews it's the Jesuits it's the fundamental Christians uh, it's the Muslims it's the Islam. and they've got it all partly right because at the top of all these groups you have the mystery religion running them and the mystery religion are a brotherhood worldwide and always have been that's the trick of it that's why mystery Babylon was called mystery Babylon to try and define it was difficult they had many priesthoods all specialized in particular areas they were not based only in Babylon they were all over the ancient world in the capital cities so some people would say oh it's this priesthood or it's that priesthood that's behind the, the, the turmoil that Babylon also experienced and they're partly right but the rest of it is as I say mystery Babylon was a complete system where everyone was fighting everyone else and never guessing the real reasons behind their fighting and who was manipulating both sides or all sides mystery Babylon had a thousand faces Isis had a thousand faces the mother lodge is always called the mother lodge the religion itself is the mother that's what it means Osiris is the body the members of the lodge that's the part of the esoteric and it's never ever changed look at the Ishmaelis who ran parts of Afghanistan of all of Afghanistan at one part and, and old Persia Iraq and Iran as they are now and other countries those guys and it's written officially they were in cahoots with the Knights Templars who joined them personally I think they were already part of them before they did the official joining that's how most things work today the real work goes on quietly and the public never are told when something's made official it's just a, an exoteric rubber stamp for the public to acquiesce to this world is run to, or to an agenda an actual real agenda like a long long range business plan and it's interesting in Masonic writings themselves they love to boast about being full of cunning 
over the profane the profane can't figure anything out but the wise man does and so in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king confusion is a term often given to Satan or Lucifer even though these were both originally different entities in olden times the confusion an author of confusion was a term used because that's what it all leads to is massive confusion and so everyone fights everyone else and blames everyone else always being partly right because these people do fight each other you get instigators coming in from all different peoples and instigating trouble etc so the public see the obvious but they never see who's behind it or the leaders of all these different groups because the leaders are all part of the same capstone that's how you run a world that's how you maintain power over all of those in the world and right now the big brotherhood not the little lowly guys at the bottom with their funny hats and their little electric cars that they go on parades with to impress the children and collect a few pennies for charity most of which even their official documentation never gets to charity that's the outer portico the cover for something more sinister and any organization which must take oaths of secrecy in a temple with no windows cannot be called a charitable community organization there is secrecy there for very good reasons and the brotherhoods at the very bottom will take the heat for those further up the pyramid that they'll never even meet most of whom they'll even never even hear their names of the job at the bottom is to keep the system going they're all sworn to this particular system interestingly in the the 1500s, 1600s and 1700s when it came out of the Rosicrucian Lodge the underground stream as they called it where knowledge flowed down through the ages it's interesting that at that time the, the steady drumbeat which grew louder and louder was for revolution and they were sworn to revolution and once the last major one was over in the United States they all were told to swear allegiance to the system that was now established interesting yet in the conferences which were international before the American war of independence the elite discussed who would be the country chosen to lead the the world empire and they could not use France or Germany or Britain because they had such a history of pillaging and uh, sucking dry nations in in which they, they went into they couldn't suddenly become a good benefactor that took centuries to give that image but at the time they didn't have that kind of image so they created a a knight in shining armor a new country with no history of exploitation and the propaganda would go into work into emotion and convince the world down through the years to come that because it had no previous history of exploitation it was a, a knight on a white horse that's how it was done and yet Washington and all the boys were Freemasons Benjamin Franklin wrote about it himself he published Masonic pamphlets in his own printing press personally I think he had someone else do it for him I can't see old Ben dirtying his hands and for all the hogwash they gave us about the poor country boy it's a complete propaganda it's foundation mythology on Ben Franklin he was a member of the Rosicrucian Lodge all through his childhood he was sent the wise sayings that he later quoted under his name or printed under his name from a source in England a Masonic source 
his uncles came over to visit him not the family but him when he was a very young boy because he was the one who was going to be groomed for his position in life going back to the Ishmaelis who ran the assassins they had different titles they would give certain members such as the lamp makers Ben Laden by the way uh, is connected with that his name is part of that to do, to do with light a light bringer you also have a laden jar electric where you get light from battery but Franklin the red way was also a part of this his family were candle makers supposedly and for a man who did so much in history as an ambassador especially in France to, the U to America you can look at the bill that he was presented with and the US taxpayer eventually paid or the government paid for the massive palace that he was given he lived in the wine consumption weekly that the crates and crates and crates of wine for all the big balls that he had and extravaganzas and all the servants and chefs and, and, and the foodstuffs this man did not live like any country bumpkin that I've ever met so he's a good example of what we might call an Illuminatus and Illuminati never began with Weishaupt it's always been got there down through the ages in ancient times they had their titles too Ignatius Loyola Loyal Firestarter Igniter Fire was also known for this he came from the Alambratos which was the Spanish Knights Templars that's a term they used after the, the, the supposed disbanding of the Knights Templars movement the Alumbratos Alum, light that's why you all belong to alumni from university you're now very bright you see hence the statement by Albert Pike when he talked about everyone in the western world being a Freemason without being going through the official degrees at the bottom what he meant to it was the whole system that you have been given is Masonic the rituals you have in any standard church are Freemasonic rituals including the baptism the candle placements even some religions give a new name which is kept secret except from the brothers this is all ancient Babylonian mystery religion going down through the ages to up to the present day they use a, a language of symbolism they use a language of speech which they give to the public we were given ours long ago it's been updated since by the same people it's full of coding and it's interesting to read your newspaper headlines when you understand the codes it, in fact it's very funny at times sometimes it's in their names if they've been groomed and reared for a special purpose in life to do with changing the world or the system but it's all around you and everyone brought up in a, the school system which we have which the Masons boast about they wanted universal education go back to the writings of Webster in the 1800s and he tells you that that they must create a coast-to-coast a -coast universal educational system to produce good well-behaved citizens compliant citizens interesting when you have a universal system there is no room for individuality you're being stamped with the same stamp and you are being classified as one of the, the herd 
if you have originality in the school and I'd encourage parents this but if they notice originality in their children teach them and you have to send them to public school teach them as much as you can in the first few years because the school system is so scientifically designed as Bertrand Russell said himself he helped to design it that they could completely take over the mind of the child even with a few hours in school three or four hours in school every day he said that the parents input at night on morals and obsolete morality will be of no effect so if you, if you have children you have, they have to go to the schools and they're very clever and individualistic tell them to play it down while amongst their classmates at school and especially in front of the teacher otherwise they'll be picked and put on something like Ritalin they don't want they're trying to find those with leadership abilities and literally chemically lobotomize them and Ritalin does shrink the brain that's fact now this, this week I've been very very busy doing all the emergency stuff that comes with the first fall of snow and the plummeting temperatures and I hope as the winter progresses to be able to perhaps go into the mystery religions in more detail and explain them on a deeper level than has been done before way beyond what you've been told by all the authorized ones out there and so let's all hope I have some have the time and the ability to do this because it's been so hectic and busy I'm on my own here I cook for myself everything takes time and living in the country consumes a lot of time with clearing snow maintaining your vehicle and so on and that's all for now may your God go with you all the best